You're listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes, a production of the Ephesus School Network. Blessed art thou, O Lord, teach me thy statutes. The company of the angels was amazed. Hi, this is Father Aaron Warwick with Jason Everett, and you are listening to the Teach Me Thy Statutes podcast, episode number 132. Today's reading is from 1 John chapter 4, verses 12 through 19. No one has seen God at any time. If we love one another, God abides in us, and his love has been perfected in us. By this we know that we abide in him and he in us, because he has given us of his Spirit. And we have seen and testified that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. Whoever confesses that Jesus is the Son of God, God abides in him and he in God. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God, and God in him. Love has been perfected among us in this, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. We love him because he first loved us. As we've done in the past when we first examine a reading from a book that we have not discussed previously, I'd like to start today by asking you to discuss the three letters written by John, Father. Would you give us some context for these letters, uh, the, the latter two of which are very, very short? Yeah, sure. I think there's not a lot to say on these as they are, as you noted, quite short, most especially the second and third epistle, which each are only one chapter. And the three do not have a lot in common other than one theme, which is the role of love, as we heard in today's reading. So I'll deal with them quickly, each of these epistles one by one. So that makes sense. So what about uh, the first epistle of John, which is the longest of the three, uh, although it's only a few chapters? It should be noted that the term epistle is a technical term in the time of St. John. And I point that out because sometimes we hear these epistles referred to as letters. That may be the case because we're often loose in our language rather than being precise. Or it may be that in some of these epistles, be they Paul's epistles written to specific churches or even John's third epistle, which is addressed to a specific person, they take the appearance to us of being letters written to someone. But in any case, an epistle, technically speaking, is much more like a sermon. By that I mean that it's not actually intended to be as private as a letter would be, even if it is originally addressed to a specific person or even a specific community. It's meant to be read more broadly. And we see this specifically in some of Paul's epistles, where he instructs even within the epistle that it be read to other communities. But we also see it in an epistle like Romans, which is sort of an open invitation to all Romans, and by extension all Gentiles, to hear or read the epistle to learn about the Word of God. And likewise here with John, his first epistle is much like an open sermon. It's possible, as we may discuss later, that it serves as a corrective to those who may have misunderstood or were improperly using his gospel, or it may just have been, in a sense, a summation of that same gospel. That's interesting. So what do you mean by it being a corrective to those who misunderstood or or improperly used John's gospel. Well, there are several scholars even to this day who argue that 
the Gospel of John is a Gnostic gospel, or at least it had Gnostic tendencies. And in short, I you know I don't want to get too distracted by this. We could say that the Gnostics were a group that the mainline church defined as heretics, and their basic heresy was this idea that there are levels of knowledge and that not each Christian could attain the highest levels of knowledge. And this comes, the word gnosis in Greek means knowledge, so this is where they get their name Gnostics. Now, obviously, we Christians, we don't argue that everyone is the same or that everyone has the same knowledge as another, but the key difference here is that we do say that God's revelation was made openly and not in secret, and that his revelation is open to all, regardless of any special intellect or intelligence that they may or may not have. And we see this in the Bible, for example, with the twelve disciples, they're fishermen, not exactly known as being the most intellectual uh, type of work. Or even in Paul's first epistle to the Corinthians, talking about how God had chosen them out of the world, not because they were the smartest and the best and the brightest. And it's a consistent theme, of course, throughout the Bible that God chooses to work through the weaker, through the younger, through the less powerful. So getting back to John's gospel in this first epistle, there has always been some notion of John's gospel being different, perhaps even being Gnostic to some extent, and this first epistle would seem to correct the idea that John himself was a Gnostic. And how so, Father? Well, we heard it mentioned in today's reading. Like I said, we'll, we'll probably get back to this, but throughout John's first epistle, he constantly stresses the importance of love. And in fact, he equates loving your brother with keeping God's commandments, and keeping God's commandments with knowing God, or having God abide in us. So in this first epistle, most especially, it's very much anti-Gnostic in the sense that anyone can show love, and it requires no special knowledge, no deep intellect or intelligence, and anyone who loves others loves God and knows God. Very good. Thanks for highlighting that, Father. And how about the second epistle of John? Well, let's go ahead and cover both the second and third real quickly. The second epistle seems to be written to a church with which John is familiar, or perhaps to the church more broadly. In that epistle, he refers to himself as the elder. It's a term associated with a bishop or a priest today. And he refers to his audience or to the church as his lady, and and to the members of the church as children of the lady, children of the church. He exhorts the church to continue to walk in the commandments of God, which again are summed up in showing love to one another. He then warns of deceivers who deny Christ has come in the flesh, which could be a reference to certain Gnostics, and is certainly a reference to anyone who would deny Jesus Christ and his salvific work on the cross. And then finally, in the third epistle, John addresses a certain man named Gaius. And interestingly, Uh, This name, Gaius, is the first name of Julius Caesar. His full name was Gaius Julius Caesar. So one has to wonder if the name is being used as an allusion to address the entire Roman Empire, and again, by extension, the Gentiles. This is especially true in light of the fact that John argues in this uh, short third epistle that the Gentiles ought to be received to become fellow workers for the truth. And then there's also in this epistle a negative reference to a certain Diotrephus, which means raised up or nurtured by Zeus. So this could be seen as a criticism around the cult of Zeus and extension, the cults of the Greeks. In any case, uh, the epistle is a brief reminder to receive the Gentiles into the church, showing, as we saw with Peter and James in their epistles, that John also was reconciled to the Pauline community and repented of his earlier mistake that we've mentioned before 
that is uh, referenced in Galatians, his mistake of not fully accepting the Gentile community. So here we see that John has come around and has certainly done so. Very good. Thank you for those uh, brief comments on those very uh, short epistles. Now, moving back to today's reading, it is appointed for the Feast of St. John the Theologian on September 26th each year. And in our last episode, you discussed why St. John received the title of theologian and how this gospel differs from the synoptic gospels. What would you like to stress today as we reflect on his feast day and this passage in particular, Father? Yeah, I really want to highlight something that I've alluded to already, and that is John's focus here on love. He says, quote, no one has seen God at any time, end quote. But he counters that with the notion that God abides in us if we love one another. He says then later in the reading that you had today, quote, God is love, and he who abides in love abides in God and God in him, end quote. So as I stated, when we spoke about John as the theologian earlier, we should never lose sight of the fact that theology does not save us. What saves us is love, and specifically, what saves us is God's love for us. As St. John said, he first loved us, and then our reciprocating or paying forward that love to our brothers, and of course we know from all of the Gospels, uh, even to our enemies. And the final thing I want to mention is John saying, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves torment. So the question is, how are we to understand that, especially in light of the fact that often the Bible and our church services also speak in a healthy or positive way at times about the fear of God. And I think we can understand that we need to fear God in a way that we respect him. But I think what John is getting at is this. If we understand that God loves us and forgives us, and his primary requirement at the judgment seat is that we love others and forgive others because he forgave us, then we no longer fear God in an unhealthy way. Unhealthy fear of God ultimately comes from self-righteousness. If we still hold within us even just a little bit this idea that our own righteousness will save us, then we still have an unhealthy fear of God. On the other hand, if we completely throw ourselves at the feet of God's mercy and love, and we make the decision to show that same love and mercy to others, then we no longer fear. Thank you, Father. In today's episode, we briefly discussed the three epistles of John and then focused on today's reading appointed for the Feast of St. John the Theologian. Father Aaron began by connecting all three epistles with the theme of love. He also mentioned that the first epistle of John may have served as a corrective to those who were improperly using his gospel and equating it with Gnosticism. But with John's continual stressing of the importance of love and its connection to keeping God's commandments, we can see that John's first epistle is anti-Gnostic, as anyone can show love and follow God's commandments, not just a select few that possess a higher level of knowledge. Father also stressed the fact that theology does not save us. What is salvific is love, and more specifically, God's love for us. And the carrying out of that love received and paying it forward to our brothers and sisters, even to our enemies, is what saves us. Thank you for listening to Teach Me Thy Statutes. We hope you tune in next week for a new episode. Hallelujah, glory to thee, O God.
Hallelujah, hallelujah, glory to thee, O God. 